the memories. The clock is down to 48 seconds. 20 to 10, Colorado leads Nebraska. They have waited a long time for this. So many times, the red blood has come into Folsom Field, and they have gone back across the border to the north, the winner. It won't be this time. The Stories. Prukop to the corner for Carrington, intercepted! Colorado got it! Witherspoon! With the biggest play in Colorado football for years! And now, as a supplement to over 40 years worth of CU football coverage in the CU at the Game archives, here is Stewart with his CU at the Game podcast. Greetings, Buff fans, from CU at the Game. This is Stuart Whitehair, publisher and editor for the Suit the Game website, and your host for the Suit the Game podcast. The Colorado 2024 Big 12 schedule was announced this past week. Buff fans have known for years who the non-conference opponents would be for this fall, and have known for some time which of the remaining 15 Big 12 teams would fill CU's nine-game conference slate. But... It wasn't until this week that the Buff Nation was introduced to the schedule for this fall. This episode will be taking a deep dive into how CU's fall lays out. Which teams have a bye before playing the Buffs? Which teams will be coming off tough road contests or a rivalry game? Which teams may be looking past the Buffs to a more important game the following week? But first, an apology. Fred Geiger and Neil Langland joined me for this podcast, and we went through the 2024 season together. Then, as is our habit, we stayed on the Zoom meeting afterward, talking about all things CU, including the drawn-out process which has become the vigil of waiting for Coach Prime to announce his new defensive coordinator. After we said goodnight, however, my computer decided it had already had a long day and shut itself down before I could save and record our conversation. Long story short, you get me flying solo for this episode. It didn't seem fair to Neil and Brad to make them go through the process again, so I am submitting for your consideration my own game-by-game analysis for the CU's 2024 schedule. So, will playing a top-level FCS school, followed by two rivalry games on the road, derail optimism in the second season under Coach Prime? Or will the non-conference slate be a springboard to a winning season? Will the Buffs, replacing Oregon and USC with Baylor and Central Florida to open conference play, be able to take advantage of an easier opening schedule? Will CU's backloaded conference schedule, with the potential to finish against three ranked teams, lead to another frustrating just short of a bowl game finish, or, as it did in 2016, when the Buffs vanquished ranked opponents on the way to the Pac-12 title game, use the tough slate of games to make their case as a Big 12 title contender. Let's find out. Okay, and we are back. And this is Stuart Whitehair, 
unfortunately, this is all you're going to get tonight. We did have a recording here, and we spent a good 50 minutes with Neil and Brad and talking about the Big 12 release of schedule. And we got to the point where we were chatting afterwards and talking about the lack of a defensive coordinator. Of course, we'd like to have a defensive coordinator at the University of Colorado, but we've been waiting patiently for that to actually come to four. And so far, we still don't have one. So um, we will have a podcast about the assistant coaching staff and looking forward to spring practices and what we're going to be looking for in terms of an offense and defense, but we can't really do that until we actually have coordinators in place. We have some idea what sort of offense and defense we're going to be running. So we did get some news this week, um, some big news actually, to get the Big 12 schedule was released. We did know the opponents for the 2024 season for the University of Colorado. We knew of course, the three non-conference games, they've been set for some time. The North Dakota State, the two road games against rivalry opponents. We did know that C would have five home games in its first return year to the Big 12 and would have four road games, and we knew who the opponents were going to be, but we didn't know the schedule until this week. So we're going to talk a little bit about how it lays out and how it compares to what CU's had to face as a member of the Pac-12. So just an overview to start, of course, we knew that August 31st was going to be the first game of the season against North Dakota State, perennial power in the FCS ranks, lots of national championships for the Bison. And then there are two road games, two rivalry games, of course, coming up against Nebraska on September 7th and then Colorado State on September 14th. The first Big 12 game for Colorado as a return member of the Big 12 is going to be against Baylor, September 21st at home, then on the road, September 28th against Central Florida, going to Orlando, and perhaps some heat. September 28th, there's going to be a bye week, October 5th. Then homecoming, an actual homecoming. A lot of times anymore, homecoming is the second game of a homestand, but Actually coming home for homecoming after three weeks away, Central Florida on the road to bye week, Kansas State, a longtime Big 8, Big 12 rival, will be coming in for homecoming October 12th. The Buffs will then hit the road to play at Arizona. October 26th will be family weekend in Boulder. That will be against Cincinnati. The Bearcats will be coming to town as a member of the Big 12. Then there's another buy on November 2nd. Now, if you're wondering, the reason for that is just the way the calendar worked out that Labor Day is going to be early. And so every team, it's not just the Colorado thing this year. It's not that CU has a week zero game or anything like that, that there are going to be two bye weeks for everyone this upcoming year. So Colorado gets another buy on November 2nd. So that's five games to start, a bye week, three games in October, a bye week. Then the final home stretch, four games at Texas Tech on November 9th. Utah will be coming to Boulder on November 16th. So Utah will not be to use season-ending game. They'll be playing the Utes in Boulder on November 16th. On the road on November 23rd, 
Technically, it's a road game, but it is going to be played against Kansas at Arrowhead Stadium. So the Buffs will be playing Kansas in Kansas City, which with all the Buff fans that uh, seem to be flocking towards the Coach Prime era, it might be a lot of Buff fans in the stands on November 23rd. And then the home game will be on Black Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving. So Sealy has one non-Saturday game this year, and it will be Friday, November 29th, at home against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So six home games, six road games, or if you're not counting Kansas, there's only uh, three true road conference games at Central Florida, at Arizona, at Texas Tech. And then, of course, six, um, the five home Big 12 games. So a couple things of note about the schedule overall. Uh, there are no back-to-back -back road games in conference play, which is nice. CU is the only one of the four newcomers. Of course, we're talking about the four, four corner schools, Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. The only one of the four newcomers with five conference home games. Of course, that's uh, had to be almost had to be because it's offset by the fact that she has two road games in non-conference play. Only one true road game in November, if that's a Texas Tech game against the Red Raiders, but if, you know, with Kansas, of course, being a road game, but it's going to be in Kansas City. So two home games uh, sandwiched between a trip to Arrowhead Stadium. It's nice not to be finishing against Utah for a change. Maybe playing UCF in September might be a little warm, but not awful. And I guess you could envy the Utah Utes. They're the ones that get to play UCF in Orlando, and they're going to be playing them Thanksgiving weekend. So they get to finish their regular season. Utah does on the road against UCF. If you're looking at some of the preseason schedules, uh, for some of the preseason rankings, the way too early preseason rankings. It uh, looks like there's going to be probably five ranked teams in the Big 12. Seems to be a consensus on that, that Arizona is going to be one of the ranked teams in the preseason, Utah, Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. And CU does play all five of them, but they don't play any of them in September and play three of them at home. The downside of not playing any of them in September is that the last three games of the season potentially could be against ranked teams, Utah, at Kansas, Oklahoma State. Now, if you're thinking that's a pretty easy schedule lined up, it's perhaps one of the actual tougher games or tougher schedules of the Big 12. If you're talking about five ranked teams, that means out of the 16 teams in the newly constituted Big 12, that means there are 11 teams that are going to be unranked. And of the other 10 unranked teams heading into the season, how many of those have to play all five of the ranked teams? Colorado does, Arizona State does, and BYU does. The other nine Unranked teams, eight unranked teams going into the season don't have to play the other five ranked teams. So it's only going to be Colorado, Arizona State, and BYU that is going to face a schedule in Big 12 play. And their nine conference games are going to be playing potentially five ranked teams. But we'll see how that worked out. 
you know how that works out because of course like TCU was a ranked team to start the season last year coming off a bid to the national championship game the year before and finished five and seven so you don't know how it's all going to play out but at least in the way too early preseason rankings uh, Colorado's going to be facing five ranked teams as is Arizona State and BYU now what did coach prime have to say about the schedule well he was doing an interview with FS1's Undisputed Coach Prime's quote, I love the way this schedule flows for us. Even to be able to go out to Florida and show how we get down with those kids getting ready to play in their home state. I think it's a great schedule. I don't like starting off with two or three non-conference games away, but it is what it is. So let's start off. Let's talk a little bit about the non-conference schedule We've noted about these three games for some time. We've got North Dakota State, uh, Labor Day weekend, August 31st at home. Those of you not familiar, North Dakota State is a team that has won multiple national championships over the past decade, a perennial top five team. They made it to the semifinals of the FCS playoffs this past season, which was considered to be a down year for North Dakota State to only make it to the semifinals. Now, if you're thinking that Colorado is the only one that's dumb enough to be playing a powerhouse in the FCS, two other Big 12 teams are taking a similar risk. Iowa State is opening the season against North Dakota, which is not a superpower in the FCS, but they did beat North Dakota State last year, 49-24. It was the first time in 20 years that North Dakota had beat North Dakota State, but they did beat the Bison last year. And Oklahoma State is going to square off opening weekend against South Dakota State, which is the two-time defending national champion in the FCS level. So there's potential there for the Big 12 to rack up some wins against FCS teams to start the season. And there's a chance for the Big 12 to fall on its collective face as it opens the 2024 season going up against three of the best FCS schools in the country. Now, of course, everyone's very familiar with what comes next. CU's taking off on the road for the next two games of non-conference play against two teams that finished five and seven last year. Of course, CU finished four and eight. The Nebraska Cornhuskers will be taking on the Buffs in Lincoln. If you're wondering about Nebraska's schedule, they're going to be playing all three non-conference games at home. Big surprise. They start with UTEP, then they play CU, and then they play Northern Iowa. So not going to be looking forward, looking back. CU obviously is the crown jewel of Nebraska's home schedule for 2024. And of course, they're going to be gunning for the Buffs, having lost three straight to CU, including last year's game in Boulder. Nebraska does have that freshman phenom quarterback, five-star quarterback they stole away from Georgia. Question as to whether or not he'll be ready to go. Um, at the very worst for CU fans, he will be facing a Power 5 team, Power 4 team. For the first time against CU, he might not be quite ready for prime time. Um, he might turn into a very good quarterback, but maybe he'll be too new to uh, take it out on the bus on September 7th. The Colorado State game, there are a lot of fans that are upset about playing CSU on the road. 
And there's something to be said about playing back-to-back rivalry games on the road. Certainly, that is a consideration. People have been taking Rick George to task for even playing Colorado State on the road. But we have to keep in mind here that people were getting kind of tired of the Rocky Mountain Showdown in Denver. I know I was. We stopped going to those games a lot because we just got tired of CSU fans. So it kind of about worn out its welcome in Mile High Stadium. So the only alternative was to play home and home or play in, you know, home stadiums. And you think about, you know, having 60,000, 70,000 at those games. So C was selling 30,000 tickets to even, you know, what's considered to be a road game when they played in Denver. That's a lot of revenue, especially for a program that wasn't making a lot of money at the time these contracts were done. So I think Rick did the best he could in the sense that it's a home and home, then two years off, then home and home, two years off, home and home with Colorado State. So obviously that means at some point you got to be going on the road. And it's going to be a big game. CSU, the other thing that did Rick did get out of the contracts that I do appreciate very, 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 very much and been lobbying for for decades is it's not the first game of the season. Colorado State thinks of Colorado game as its Super Bowl, and it probably should. But when it's the first game of the season, they have all of August to prepare for CU. When it's the third game of the season, they don't get to prepare just for CU. Actually, CSU is opening the 2024 season at Texas. So they're certainly not going to just not prepare for Texas, not you know get completely embarrassed. Uh, they do come home to play Northern Colorado, so they are going to have a little bit of a warm-up, but they're going to have to put on their best uh, performance against Texas to try and stay with the Longhorns. That's going to be a, probably a 10, top 10, maybe a top 5 team going into the season. So CSU is not going to be able to spend all of August preparing for CU. So I'm glad about that, and thank you, Rick, for that. We'll see how it plays out in Fort Collins. It's certainly going to be a considering what happened to Travis Hunter, considering what happened between the coaches, both before and immediately after the game at the handshake. It's going to be a, a, a game that everybody's going to be looking for and pointing towards. So it's a big game for CU. CU's, CU's going to be going bowling. They're going to have to win this game. So that's the non-conference slate, North Dakota State, Nebraska, Colorado State. Colorado then opens its nine-game Big 12 season against Baylor at home. And considering what CU did last year, opening up against Oregon on the road and then coming home to playing USC, starting off with Baylor, about as much of a gift as you can get. Uh, Baylor finished nine, uh, three and nine last year. And ESPN this past week came out with a uh, hot seat ranking for coaches and Baylor's head coach, Dave Aranda, was on that list. So um, Baylor is not a team that you would mind starting off. You get to play at home your first Big 12 game, and you get to play against a team that's 3-9. and nine. Oh, and on top of that, Baylor plays at Utah in a non-conference game. It was a previously scheduled game. Well, they start against Tarleton State, which I don't even know what their nickname is. I don't know where it is, but Tarleton State. But then they play Utah. And then the week before they play CU, Baylor plays Air Force. 
and CU fans know how hard it is to prepare to play against Air Force. So that's going to be an advantage, I think, for CU. Of course, CU is coming off a big, tough fighting Mountain West rival in Colorado State, but Air Force has a different offense and it's hard to prepare for. So um, I think that's an advantage for the University of Colorado. CU's first road game in the Big 12 is going to be at Central Florida on September 28th. Central Florida is coming off of, well, you know, a 6-7 and seven season. So they did finish with a 6-6 a six and six record, went to a bowl game. They lost in the Gasparilla Bowl uh, to Georgia Tech. They're probably going to be doing pretty well. Uh, at least record-wise, they start with New Hampshire and Sam Houston. And they also have a bye week before playing Colorado. It's the only team this year that has a bye week when CU doesn't. Uh, Kansas State and Colorado both have bye weeks before playing each other, but the only team that CU has to play coming off of a bye week when the Buffs were playing the previous week will be UCF. So there's an advantage there for UCF. Interestingly enough, though, that UCF is going to be going on the road there next week to play at Florida. So we think a lot of the players on the UCF squad that maybe didn't get recruited by Florida or didn't, you know, cut it with Florida and would certainly want to, they're going to beat a team that probably going to want to beat Florida more than they want to, going to want to beat CU. So a little bit of a helpful edge there. It's September 28th, probably going to be hot, going to be muggy, but Coach Prime and a lot of his players are from Florida and or Texas or somewhere in the South. So it's not as if there's a bunch of, uh, you know, kids from Minnesota, North Dakota playing for the Buffs. So players that are being used to playing in the heat and humidity of Central Florida going to Orlando. Uh, the Buffs then, after five games in September against four teams that had losing records, got to like that. Of course, the one team that had a winning record was North Dakota State, but the four FBS schools that Colorado plays in September all had losing records. So get off to a fast start might be pretty helpful. Fans might get pretty excited about that. So the bye week is October 5th, and Buffs come home and get to play Kansas State, good friends from the Big 7, Big 8, and Big 12. As mentioned a minute ago, both of these teams, both Colorado and K-State, will be coming off a of bye, so there's no real advantage there. Both teams will have an extra week to prepare. KSU came out as 9-4 last year. They have, like, UT Martin in their non-conference schedule. They're playing Arizona this year as a non-conference game, so it's going to be a big game for both schools, but it won't count in the conference standings, but it Certainly going to matter to the two teams, you know, in the pecking order of the Big 12. And Kansas State's homecoming, big crowd, of course, sellout expected for Kansas State. But it's going to be the first ranked team that Colorado's probably going to play in 2024. The following weekend, the Buffs are traveling to Tucson to take on Arizona October 19th. I don't know if it's cooled down very much. At least it's not a September game in the desert, but uh, probably be a night game against Arizona. Of course, Buff fans remember that they see lost Arizona last year on a last-second field goal, a game which Arizona didn't lead 
the entire game. They never had a lead in the game until the clock read 0-0-0. The Buffs led the entire game, ended up losing by a field goal. Arizona is picked to be one of the top teams, maybe the top team in the Big 12. Probably not as likely now that Jed Fish has bolted and gone off to Washington. Arizona didn't lose a lot of players. They did keep their Noah Fafita, you know, and their star wide receiver that they got away from Oregon. So a couple of very important players, important pieces are going to be there for Arizona, but they did lose some of the players. There are some defections from that roster and there might be some more in the spring, something to keep an eye on in April as to whether or not the new coach, Brett Brennan, coming over from San Jose State, is able to maintain and keep that roster intact. The Buffs then return home October 26th, facing Cincinnati. I think they only played Cincinnati, the Bearcats, once. I think it was 1972. Uh, so CU's taking its 1-0 lifetime record on putting it on the line against the Bearcats in Family Weekend in Boulder. Cincinnati, 3-9 and last year. Not the Cincinnati that went to the playoffs in a not-too-distant past, but uh, they're hoping for big, bigger and better things. But again, another team with a losing record that CU gets to play. So of the FBS schools, Colorado's going to play five of the first seven had losing records in 2023. After the Cincinnati game, the Buffs get another bye again. Everybody's getting two buys this year, so keeping track at home, that's five games in August, September, a bye, then three games in October, a bye, and then finish with four games in November. The Buffs are going to kick off November on the road against Texas Tech. See, Texas Tech went seven and six last year. CU is mentioned is coming off of a bye. Meanwhile, Texas Tech will be coming off of two straight road games. They're going to be playing TCU on the road and then Iowa State on the road before coming home to face the Buffs. So, you know, again, if you're trying to pencil out six or seven wins for the Buffs, this might be an opportunity to get one against a winning team from last year. We shall see what happens with Texas Tech this year, and we'll know a lot more about them by the time November 9th rolls around. November 16th, the Buffs are coming back home and will be playing Utah. So it's not the finale game. It is a home game against Utah. It's a rivalry game, whatever they call the Rocky Mountain battle. I don't know what, but pretend gang or pretend moniker they put on the the rivalry, and it's CU's fault as much as anybody for not for not becoming a real rivalry game, only winning two games in the entire time that Colorado was in the Pac-12 with Utah. Cam Rising, of course, is coming back for season six, season seven, whatever it is, he's going to be back, and that's going to probably propel Utah into national rankings preseason. They were eight and five last year, which constitutes a down year for Utah. And, of course, the season finale in 2023 the battle of backup quarterbacks, you know, Colorado hung with Utah pretty well before succumbing late. Uh, Utah also has a non-conference game against a conference opponent. They play Baylor. And again, that was a prearranged non-conference game. So it's not going to count 
on the conference schedule, but they are going to play Baylor, so they're going to be playing 10 Big 12 teams in their schedule. Now, one advantage that their buffs might have in this game, you're always looking for, you know, bye week issues, back-to-back road game issues. With Utah, you're looking at the fact that the week before Utah plays Colorado, Utah will be playing BYU. So it's not going to be the Holy War is not going to be there the last game of the season. They're not going to play Colorado at the end of the season. They're not going to play BYU at the end of the season. They get to go to Orlando. They get to go uh, play UCF to finish their season. So Utah will be coming to Colorado after a big rivalry game against BYU. So you know that they're going to be up for that. What they're going to have left in the tank after that, we'll, we'll have to see. But Utah is certainly a team that Colorado fans can't expect to win automatic. Uh, we'll see how the Buffs are doing. It might be CU's fighting for bowl eligibility at that point. And we'll see where Utah is at if they're fighting for a playoff spot at that point. The final road game is November 23rd. The Buffs will be playing at Kansas. But, of course, they're not going to be playing at Kansas. So, Kansas is redoing its stadium and will not have any home games in Lawrence this year. So, they're going to be playing their two non-conference games in Children's Mercy Park. Not even making that up. They're playing in Children's Mercy Park. I think it's a soccer field. Holds like 20,000. They're going to be playing UNLV. Uh, they're going to open the season. The JX are going to play against Lindenwood. And there's a see you at the game hat out there for you. If you send me an email and you can tell me the nickname for Lindenwood without looking it up. Um, put you on the honor system for that. But I did look and see who Lindenwood would be playing later in the year. And they're going to be playing the St. Thomas Tommies and the Western Illinois Leathernecks. So that's the type of opposition that Lindenwood is used to playing. So obviously a tune-up game for the Jayhawks. So you can play two, their two non-conference games at Children's Mercy Park. They're going to play their four Big 12 conference games at Arrowhead Stadium, the home of the Kansas City Chiefs. So it's going to be their senior day. It's going to be a big day for Kansas, but it's also going to be Again, November 23rd, late November, and, you know, it's a technically, well, not technically, it's kind of a road game even for the home fans. So are they going to be tired of playing in Arrowhead or traveling to Arrowhead? You know that uh, Colorado is going to have a, a big contingent of fans there, whether it's fans of prime that live in the Kansas City area or just – Colorado fans that are willing to, to travel to play, you know, see the Buffs play in a NFL stadium. So there's going to be pretty close, I would say, probably to a neutral site game for that game. Kansas will be coming off a road game against BYU. If you're thinking about traveling to that game um, and hoping that maybe Kansas City will be playing a home game, the Kansas City Chiefs would play a home game so you could make it a doubleheader, ideally maybe for a lot of Buff fans, that would be against the Broncos. I don't think that's probably super likely to happen, those four home Saturdays for Kansas. I don't know if the Kansas City Chiefs are going to want to have their field torn up the day before they play a home game. 
that's one reason not to have back-to-back games on a weekend with the Chiefs, uh, you know, following up the Jayhawks. Number two, Kansas City sells out all their games anyway. They don't need a whole lot of extra incentive to bring fans in. And third, you know, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you really want to have Bronco fans, Denver Bronco fans, incentive to come to Kansas City um, to watch them play the Chiefs. So we'll see, you know, later in a couple of months here when they release the NFL schedule, whether or not on November 24th the Chiefs are playing at home. But it might be worth going to Arrowhead Stadium uh, just for the fun of it. Uh, Brad and I, who I'd like to have on this podcast with me, but again, technical difficulties prevented that. We've done a Nebraska-Kansas City doubleheader twice in our fan career. In 1985, we drove out to Lincoln for CU's game against Nebraska. It was a 17-7 game. We could have won that game. It was a precursor to, of course, the 2010 game in 1986 when the bus finally broke through. Um, Then we went down and watched the Broncos play in Kansas City the next day. And as an added treat, that was, if you remember, if you're old like me, the 85 year was also the year of the I-70 World Series. St. Louis Cardinals and the Kansas City Royals were playing each other, and Game 6 and Game 7 was that weekend in Kansas City. So we were at Arrowhead. They were getting preparations ready for uh, for Game 7 the next day. Of course, the Royals won that game and won the series. And then a few, well, decade or so later, it was after the Big 8 became the Big 12 because it was a Thanksgiving weekend game. I think it was one of the very first Thanksgiving Thursday night NFL games. You know, it wasn't, you know, Detroit always plays in the morning. Dallas always plays in the afternoon. But the NFL decided to make more money by having a third game on Thanksgiving. I think Denver at Kansas City was one of the very first of those. Mid to late 90s that was. And then, of course, then Brad and I drove up, and it was Black Friday, and we went to the Nebraska game after that. So we've been to Arrowhead a couple of times for Kansas City Chief Bronco games, and maybe Brad and I will have to do a field trip for the Kansas game. Now the the bus will then finish out the season at home. Senior day will be on Black Friday. The only non-Saturday game of the season will be against Oklahoma State. The Cowboys. Uh, the team that joined the Big Seven to make it the Big Eight in the early 60s will be coming to Boulder. Cowboys, of course, were 10-4 and four this past season. Um, they're going to be playing San Diego State, Arkansas, in non-conference play. They also start Big 12 play against Utah and Kansas State. So we'll know a lot. Obviously, it's the last game of the season, whether or not Oklahoma State is still in the running. They tend to not do so well to start and then have a hot finish and make a push for the Big 12 championship game, which they've done the last couple of years. They've been playing pretty well. Mike Gundy, of course, is a favorite, either because you like him or because you like to make fun of him, one or the other. But uh, Cowboys are probably going to be ranked in the preseason, and so it's going to be a big game. Um, hopefully, C was not sitting at 5-6 and six and needing that to get the bowl eligibility, but even if that turns out to be the case, at least uh, the Buffs will have it at home and have every opportunity 
you know, finishing at home with Utah and Oklahoma State, two of the last three games are going to be at home. So all in all, if you're looking at this schedule, it's a whole lot nicer than what Colorado was facing as a member of the Pac-12. Um, remember last year, CU, again, counting the TCU ranked team, finished, you know, started the season with three ranked teams in September and two rivalry games in September. You know, nice little way to introduce Coach Prime to Power 5 football. This season, yes, North Dakota State is a team that you need to be Take paying attention to Coach Prime says, do not underestimate North Dakota State. Those guys come to play and they can play. Being an FCS coach himself, I don't think he's going to overlook North Dakota State. I think the Buffs are going to be able to take that. But, you know, going on the road at Nebraska, the team that's going to be laying in wait for the Buffs, and then CSU, it's going to be a war. I don't know how many personal foul penalties the Rams are willing to accept, but we will see how that plays out. Um, and then playing against two teams, Baylor and Central Florida. Baylor three and nine, Central Florida six and seven. You really couldn't ask for much more out of the Big 12 schedulers for the Buffs, considering they're going to play two of their first three games on the road, to have Baylor and Central Florida and then a bye week to open Big 12 play. So Certainly helpful and advantage to the CU team to have the chance to get a fast start, um, maybe get an identity, maybe get some cohesion on the new offensive line, the new defensive line. Before you hit playing the five ranked teams on the schedule, uh, five of the final seven weeks being against ranked teams. One note uh, that's kind of disconcerting if you're looking at it this way, that this past season, 2023, there were four Big 12 newcomers, BYU, Central Florida, Houston, and Cincinnati. And those teams went a combined 4-24 and 24 against the rest of the Big 12 last year. Now, some of those games were against Oklahoma and Texas, and you know those teams obviously have moved on to the SEC, but even discounting that, they were 4-19. and 19. Um, Now, of course, those... Three of those teams were coming from the AAC and BYU is an independent. So they were coming from basically group of five level up to the power five level. So maybe it's apples and oranges, but I think uh, it's certainly something for the four corner schools to be taking a look at that uh, the other four teams that joined this past year did not enjoy a great deal of success uh, in their first season. But I think certainly Utah, certainly Colorado, Certainly, Arizona are going to be thinking that they're going to be doing just fine as new members of the new conference. So, what's going to happen here? We're going to be starting with spring practices here in mid-March. The spring game is going to be April 27th. No word yet on whether or not it's going to be televised or, well, it will be televised. It's whether or not it's going to be a national audience like ESPN. I would I would be very surprised if ESPN made it its only national game. Two years ago was USC. This past year is Colorado. Those are two big stories. You know, Lincoln Riley going from Oklahoma to USC. Coach Prime coming up to Power 5 level. Uh, you know, it might be Michigan 
you know, defending national champion with a new head coach, something like that would probably be their choice for a spring game rather than Colorado. But it'll certainly be televised, at least by the Pac-12 networks. Be interesting to see how big the crowd is going to be. It might not be a sellout. I don't know. Might be a sellout. But we're going to be talking about the lineups, you know, and we're just talking about spring practices here in the next couple of weeks. Our next episode, hopefully, we've been plotting, plotting, planning, hoping to do a deep dive into the coaching staff and the 10 assistant coaches and kind of give you an overview as to what to expect from the CU offense, what to expect from the CU defense heading into spring practices and into 2024. But until we have a defensive coordinator, it's kind of hard to even guess at how the defense is going to be playing out. So uh, this is probably the third or fourth podcast where I've said at the end that next time we're going to be talking about the CU assistant coaching staff. Um, but that might, well, it has to happen soon. We've only got six weeks before the start of spring ball. So at some point, Coach Prime is going to fill out probably as soon as this podcast is published and out in the world, there'll be a press conference announcing the new defensive coordinator and we'll take it from there. But at least for now, we have something to chew on, looking at the schedule, getting excited about the 2024 season and the likelihood, hopefully, of Colorado having a winning record, going to a bowl game and maybe even more. So we will talk at you soon and thank you for listening. And again, my apologies. We did have a good podcast with both Neil Langland and Brad Geiger chipping in and talking about the schedule, but somewhere between talking about it and getting it to record and to make it stick, uh, my computer decided to have an off day. And so you got to listen to my voice for 40 minutes. I hope it was worth it and I hope you'll stick with us and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you both for listening to the podcast and for being a member of the Buff Nation, which has become, as always, the talk of the nation. I hope you're subscribing to the podcast so you won't miss any of the upcoming episodes. We have partnered with Mile High Sports and are pleased to be part of their podcast network. As always, you can find the See What the Game podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and other podcast sites. Or, if you're not a fan of downloading podcasts, all the episodes can be listened to at the See What the Game website. I will be back in two weeks with Brad and Neil, I promise, and hopefully we will be talking about the issues of the day which may or may not finally include Coach Prime and how he's filled out his coaching staff for the 2024 season. Until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Buffs! Thank you for listening to our See You at the Game podcast. For links to articles and stories referenced in this podcast, go to cuatthegame.com. That's the letter C, the letter U, at thegame.com. If you have comments or suggestions, you can leave them on the website or send an email to seeyouatthegame at gmail.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to subscribe and share it with your fellow Buff fans. 
Until next time, when we will again see you at the game.